Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, 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 how are you guys? Wow, wow. I am so elated today, so happy to share with you all that we've reached over 10,000 downloads. That is a good place for us to shout glory. I mean, I am elated. I'm watching the analytics go up both nationally and internationally, and it is all a tribute to Kip Nation. Kip Nation, listen, guys, thank you so very, very much for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it so very, very, very much. You're helping me accomplish a lifelong purpose. And one of those purposes is to reach this next generation with the love of Jesus Christ. And I just thank God for you all and for allowing me to share the nuances of the kingdom of God uh, as we learn how to operate in the kingdom in this society and culture that we live in. Listen, we're going to get right started today, right away, jump right into our uh, topic today. Today we're talking about impediments to success, impediments to success, and there's so many impediments to success, and I, I kind of want us to kind of dive in on a number of different levels because at some point we need to define success, what success is, what success isn't, um, what is success is measured by the scripture, biblical success, if you want to call it that, but we, we need to know these definitions and we need to be clear on our disposition as it relates to the Lord. Well, literally, I'm in the final stages of review of a new book called Pressing to the Power, uh, A Journey to Healing and Breakthroughs, coming out uh, late spring, early summer. And, of course, I want you all to go to your nearest bookstore or your digital platform bookstore and pick it up, share it with your friends, buy three or four copies, use it for Bible studies, for mission trips, for small group study, uh, any of the kinds of things that will help facilitate growth and development in the body of Christ. I know the book will be a blessing. It's a blessing to me even today as I review it and make sure there are no 
uh, final errors on either the uh, internal copy or the cover copies. There's also an accompanying workbook that you can utilize uh, in a Bible study uh, format or school format. Uh, it just depends on how you want to approach it. And I want to thank God for you in advance, Kip Nation, for your support. But what I'd like to do today is read an excerpt from my book that will kind of segue into the journey that we're taking today and kind of give you a backdrop into how I think and why I think the way I think. And uh, maybe it'll help somebody. Maybe it'll help someone. So here we go. I'm going to share from my book, Press Into the Power, A Journey to Health and Breakthrough. In my Christian journey, all inspiration comes from God. For me, there is no other true revelation on the earth that does not originate from God. Some people ask me, does God still speak? As I read the word, he speaks loudly and clearly. He drops revelation daily. The more I read, the more I learn. I find new content and information in the Bible that I have been reading and learning since I was a child. The Bible is an ever-expanding text that grows with your varied experiences and level of maturity. Every time I read it, there's something in the text that causes me to develop a more in-depth understanding of God. Hence, every time I read the Bible, I find something I must have missed or was not mature enough to understand in my previous interaction. As we grow spiritually and experience all the world has to offer, it is important to synergize with God through his word and the world to make sense out of our current reality. In other words, when I study the Bible, it brings clarity of thought and purpose to my life. As a result, it has a settling effect that causes me to calm down during uncertain times. When things are going crazy, I can just relax. I can just chill because I know that God has our back, that he is a very present help in the time of trouble. I know these things, all right? Consequently, the Bible also helps me to understand the God in me, the world outside of me, and how I am to interact with both. The study of God's word helps to shape my biblical worldview and my relationship with God. And when I say biblical worldview, I'm talking about how we see the world through the lens of God or through the, through the word of God. We look at the world the way God sees the world, the way the Bible sees the world. And so, in my opinion, the reason so many people have distrust or misinformation about God, church, and the Bible is purely due to a lack of biblical literacy. In short, most people just don't read the word. The Bible is probably the most talked about book that people have never read. This lack of understanding will automatically lead to a skewed perception of God and the church. And so there's so many things that we see today 
And so when you talk about success, most people, when they talk about success, they literally think of being successful based on what people say about you. So if people give you awards in the earth, they consider that success. If people clap you, uh, clap their hands and, and pat you on your back and give you verbal accolades or financial accolades, uh, they consider that success. They consider it success when they meet personal goals. But true success is greater than your personal goals. True success is when God gives you a task, when God gives you a responsibility, when God issues a decree, when God tells you that this is his mandate, this is his will, and then you go forth to carry out that will, to carry out that mandate, and you do it uh, tenaciously with grit, and you accomplish the goal that God have given you. In biblical worldview, that's success. Success is not the goals that you create for yourself, but success is the goals that God creates for you. When you are able to complete the goals that God have created for you, now we're stepping into the realm of true success. When you're just doing your own thing, it's a different kind of thing. Now, a week ago, I believe I did a series. No, the week before last, so two weeks ago, I did a series called Biblical Entrepreneurs, uh, just a podcast, Biblical Entrepreneurs. And I talked about uh, the brothers. Uh, actually, well, yeah, I did. I talked about the brothers Cain and Abel, but I went on to talk about Cain. And I want to spend a little time talking about Cain today, just a little bit, uh, because I don't think I reiterated this when I was talking about entrepreneurs. And in the world's sight, Cain was a successful entrepreneur. How do I say that? He was a successful entrepreneur because he literally, this is after he was exiled, he literally built a city and named it after his son, Enoch. So by the world's standards, he was a successful entrepreneur. Well, usually in an entrepreneurial line, there are other entrepreneurs. So he had great-greats and great-great-grandsons. And one of them was Jabal. Jabal was uh, the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. So if we were to look at it in modern day terms, he would be considered the first rancher, the father of ranchers, those who own ranches and support livestock and cattle and so on and so forth. And then he had a twin brother, Jubal. Jubal, he was the father of those who play the harp and the flute, the harp, strings, instruments, the flute, wind instruments, the very core of what we call an orchestra or symphony on today is these instruments. So maybe he could be considered the father of music, but nevertheless, he was a successful entrepreneur. One a rancher, one a, uh, a father of music, okay? And, and, and then we have Tubal-Cain. He was the instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. So he could be the father of metalworks. The first one to really begin to shape uh, a modern era technology with the use of metals, reconfiguring them for the support of a particular community. So he too would be considered 
a successful entrepreneur by the world's standards. But by God's standards, a successful entrepreneur, and I talked about this particular aspect last week in a, a, a podcast called We Need a Word, that in God's mi- mindset, in God's economy, we literally have to get a mandate or permission from God or an assignment from God or and a commandment from God to do a particular thing. Because if we do it without a acknowledgement of God's grace in our life, without an acknowledgement of God's uh, declaration or God's authority to go forth and do something in the earth, and only thing we get is the accolades of people, it does not mean you're successful. So watch this. Here's the premise. You can be successful in the earth realm by the standards of people and be a failure in the kingdom realm by the standards of God. Okay. Let's take a look at the definition of success. Let's take a look at the definition of success. Um, This definition of success says the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. It says the good or bad outcome of an undertaking. So, the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Well, our aim and our purpose in life should always be, and I'm talking kingdom now. I'm talking kingdom. And I talked a little bit about that last week when we talked about we need a word. Should always be to please God. So then watch this. The biggest impediment to our success is not the devil. It's not the world. But it is us. And let me tell you why. The devil can tease you with uh, uh, sinful appetizers, if you will. But no one can twist your arm and make you partake of those appetizers. All right? You decide that on your own, void of the devil. The world can show us all of its glamour and all of its glitz and all of its lights and camera and action and uh, uh, accolades and and yet we make the decision to whether these things become the motivation for our success. So then, success God's way can be very difficult because whenever and you've heard this before, I believe a couple of weeks ago, whenever there are open doors, there are many adversaries. A matter of fact, one translation says mushrooming opposition. So here's what happens. There's a door to something that God wants you to do. This thing, if you complete it, represents the success in God. One that transitions from an earthly success to a heavenly success. Sometimes a heavenly success is an earthly failure because it is not recognized by people, but it is recognized by God. But the true understanding of success is that it has transitionary status. It stands in both the natural realm and the spiritual realm. And so when God uh, gets us on the other side and sees that we have done what he has asked us to do, we hear things like, well done, my good and faithful servant. All right. Because ultimately our aim is to please God. So sometimes when I talk about Uh, us being the problem, I call it the enemy in me. 
And we saw that again. I showed you Genesis 4, 16 to 24 with Cain, uh, Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal-Cain. I showed you their self-rule or self-reliant ways where they were doing things based on what they thought should be done. However, there's no biblical writ that says that God assigned these tasks to these men. All right. So we hear people who are secular humanists saying, just go with your gut, follow your heart. And, and some Christians say, follow your heart, but you, you need to follow the Holy Spirit. And that comes with a sensitivity and a discernment to studying God's word. And the more we read it, the more we study, the more sensitive we'll become to his voice. It's not about yelling and screaming. It's literally about reading the word, getting an understanding of the word, and then applying. Read, understand, apply. Read, understand. When you read, you get information. When you begin to apply it, you get understanding. When you understand, when you get the results of understanding, you acquire what we call wisdom. Wisdom is applied information. And understanding is the gap between uh, information and wisdom. Understanding is the gap between information and wisdom. So people always say knowledge is the greatest uh, uh, is, is power, but knowledge within itself is not power. There are hundreds of people in the grave that are powerless and full of knowledge. Knowledge is not power unless you go from knowledge, which is information, to, to through the portal of understanding and then to wisdom. So wisdom is applied knowledge. It is the application of knowledge. All right. So we want to get to that place and but we want to get wisdom that comes from God. And so in order to get wisdom that comes from God, it must start with God. So when we read the Bible, you'll hear all of these biblical characters, Deborah. Deborah did not move until she heard from God. Gideon did not move until he heard from God. Uh, Sarah heard from God. Uh, Mary heard from God. Elizabeth heard from God. These people were blessed because they were able to hear the voice of God. You can hear it audibly. You can hear it spiritually through the reading of the word. You can hear it through the preaching of the word. That's why when we go to church, we should not be in church just listening and have not had any uh, tangible, uh, palpable instruction in the word during the course of the week. We're hoping that everyone in Kip Nation will study, at, attempt to study at least every day. And if you study every day or several times a week, you will find that you will become more sensitive to the voice of God and you will distinctly know the difference between when the enemy's messing with you or spoofing God and when the enemy and when God is actually talking to you. We have things like horoscopes. People are just bound in horoscopes, constellations. These are constellations that are constantly changing. So you may be born on the month that's Gemini, but actually the constellation that was over your head when you were born was Sagittarius. So it doesn't it doesn't correlate. It doesn't always relate. So you can't go on uncertain uh, uh, astrological uh, studies to talk about who you are and what it is that God wants you to do. 
There's false hope in the lottery every day. Millions of people spend millions of dollars that could actually be going towards some greater uh, future events that would help other people that would boomerang and eventually help them. It's it's got it's an it's an education. It's a re-education. It's a reimagining yourself, trusting a God that you can't see rather than a tangible lottery ticket that you can see. And most of us already know the demise of most people who win the lottery. They win millions of dollars, but if you don't have a million dollar mindset, you cannot manage the millions of dollars. And so you you wind up broke and listless and just in a random place because you did not know what you were doing. So then while we're walking and living this life, we have to learn people listening to random people with no visible credibility or concern for your personal well-being is never going to bless you. Or just people who are talking heads with credentials who like to be seen and enjoy leading other people to their demise. Or just people who have been sent to your life by Satan himself to disrupt the promises and the vision and the purpose and the successes that God have predestined for your life. They are distractors and this can be a major distraction. And when that major distraction gets in you and you turn your head away from the things that God have called you to do, now you find yourself messed up and looking and saying, wow, how did I get in this situation? You see, you may achieve your goals, but you never achieve the goals that God assigned you to do. So we have to be careful of distractors. Natural goals are goals created by us. Divine goals are created by God. In order to pursue these goals, you must pursue him. So as we close, let me give you some scriptures that are great pieces of memory verse or at least verses that you write on the tables of your heart that we might not sin against God. But information, inspiration, impartation that will help you. One of my favorites is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. As we seek the face of God, God will begin to do things for us in his presence that are unprecedented. Hebrews 11 and 6, um, part B. Anyone who wants to come to him, come to God, must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek, sincerely seek him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then my favorite, my mom's favorite scripture, Joshua 1, 7 and 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Hear these words. These are the words that God spoke to Joshua to initiate his transition uh, into uh, the leadership role of Israel. If you read it from the beginning, verse 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. And then he begins this discourse of telling Joshua all of the things he needs to do as he transitions into the seat of authority, divine initiative. He did not create the seat. He did not decide to do it. It was God who chose him, picked him, and gave him a task to do. And when you complete a task that God gives you, that is the ultimate means of success. So here we go. Joshua 1, 7 and 9. Be strong. And very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. 
turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you read the word and meditate on the word, you will be successful in everything you do. If you obey the word, you will be successful. You want to be successful? Meditate on it day and night. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So then you can see the only impediment to your success is you. Make a decision today to put God first, to pray every morning, to study every day, to try to grow in the things of God, and to live out this biblical writ in spite of what the world says, in spite of what people say, in spite of what distractors say. You do this for yourself and see, isn't the word true? Listen, you have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Remember, go forth into the world and influence the nations. I love you. God bless. Have a wonderful week.